0: Uh, listen, uh, in John chapter 14, uh, 16 and 17, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says this, and we've read this a few times, but I, I just think it bears going over. And we're going to try to get out of here early tonight. But it says this, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside of you in the future. So he's, he's making an introduction of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this. When someone you know really well and that you like and respect introduces you to somebody else, it carries some weight. To me, it carries weight. When, when someone from our church family uh, that I respect, I know serves and loves God, comes and says, Pastor Troy, I want you to meet somebody. This is a friend of mine. This is someone that I care about. This is however they introduce some. The person that they're, in inter- because of their standing with me, uh, the person standing with me, the person they're introducing me to already has some standing in my eyes. So who who introduces us to a person has some significance. And God is, Jesus is the one, God introduced us to Jesus, Jesus introduces us to the Holy Spirit, and that should have some huge standing with us that our Savior would introduce us to the Holy Spirit. He makes the introduction. You have to understand here that when Jesus is talking to the disciples right here, there's, this is only about 12 to 18 hours before he's going to be crucified. So he's talking to this group of, of people that he knows really well and that know him and that are, are, are going to be the leaders in the church. And he's saying, listen, there's something really vital and really important that's about to happen. And he said, i want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. And you already know, know him because he's been with you. You might not recognize it, but the Holy Spirit's been with you. And, but he's not, he's not living in you yet, but he's been with you. He's been walking around with you, leading and guiding you. But he's not, he, he, he references what's happening then, but he also says, in will be, that's future tense, in the, sometime in the future, he'll live in you. And when he lives in you, you'll know that I'll never leave you or forsake you. And he's going to do all kinds of other stuff too. And so Jesus introduces the, the disciples in us to the Holy Spirit. And I'm teaching along the lines of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Most people know who God the Father is. They recognize that. God the Son. But when it comes to God the Holy Spirit, most people don't know the Holy Spirit. Let me say something to you. Jesus, it was so vital to him that we know the Holy Spirit that he makes this introduction just hours away from his crucifixion. He's saying this is going to be vital because he's been with you, but he's not been in you. And But there's coming a time where he's going to be in you and he's going to speak for me because God's on the throne uh, of heaven. I'm seated next to him on the right hand side. So who's going to be here to speak for us? Who's going to be here to represent us is going to be the Holy Spirit. And you need to get to know him. And so we've had, we, there's so many people that have a misconception about the Holy Spirit and don't really have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's why I've been teaching this series. That's why I'm spending so much time on the Holy Spirit because it's vital. It's so vital that that's one of the main themes of Jesus leaving is that, hey, I'm going to be going, but man, the Holy Spirit is going to be coming. If you keep looking down at verse 25, he says this, I'm telling you this while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the Spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name. What will he do? First thing he'll do is he'll set you free. Free from what? From the dominion and power of sin to control your life and free from the sentence of guilt in the next life. He'll set you free from hell and from the power of sin to dominate you in this life. Hell in the next life. And what else he'll do? He'll teach you in this life. He'll teach you things. He said, he will teach you all things in my name, and he will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. So he'll, he'll set you free, he'll teach you, and then he's going to inspire you to remember everything that Jesus told him. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the word of God. He not only brought to remembrance to, the, to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, Peter, all, James, all those who wrote the word, he brought back what Jesus said to them. He reminded them of every word that Jesus said. And he taught them and told them how to write the scriptures. That's why the Bible says that every word in the Bible is God-breathed. Who is the breath of heaven? The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's the one he's talking about. But this word is true for us today too. He still sets us free. He still teaches us. And he also reminds us of the word of God. If you know him. But so many people don't recognize the Holy Spirit's part that he plays in our lives. And God wants us to. Go with me to John 15, verse 26. And Jesus says, and I will send you the divine encourager. So he, he, he sets us free. He teaches us. He causes us to remember the word of God. And then he says he'll also encourage us. He's coming from, he says, from the very presence of my Father. He will come to you, the spirit of truth, emanating from the Father, and He will speak to you about me. He's going to talk to us about Jesus. That's another thing he does. He sets us free. He's the one that saves us. He's the one that enters our spirit and causes our spirit to come alive. He's the one that teaches us. He's the one that reminds us of the word. He's the one that that talks about the Father. He talks about Jesus. He encourages us. He said, he will speak to you about me, and he will tell everyone the truth about me, for you have walked with me from the start. He said, he's going to use you to tell truth. He's going to tell you truth. He's going to encourage you to tell other people the truth. Why is the truth so vital? Jesus says over and over again that the Holy Spirit's going to guide you into all truth. The truth is so vital because if you live a lie, you'll fall into a pit. If you live a lie about yourself, about who God is, about who Jesus is, about this thing or that thing, man, if you're living a lie, it's inevitably going to unravel and your life is going to unravel. So it's vital that the Holy Spirit teach us about the difference between a lie and deception and the truth. And he said, he'll speak to you about truth. Man, when you're in situations and you're having to make a decision, you're like, man, something seems off here. It doesn't seem quite right. If you have a great relationship with the Holy Spirit and you know the voice of the Spirit, I'm telling you, he'll tell you, that's a lie. They're lying to you. Or something's off here. There's something twisted. There's something off. There's something wrong. One of the great spiritual leaders of our time, who's, I believe, is, is caved a little bit uh, to, to ego and in, in, in power. Uh, a gentleman who I highly respected for many years, named Rick Warren, over this COVID thing, he's twisted scripture. He quoted Proverbs and said that facts are the principal thing instead of wisdom. He twisted that scripture to try to p- uh, prove some COVID stuff that we know now everything he said was not true. But you gotta watch, you gotta watch people. You gotta make sure you gotta you gotta know the spirit of truth. That's the Holy Spirit. Because when people quote things or say stuff to you, say stuff to you that seems off, it's the Holy Spirit that says there's something off here. And he's the one that will speak to you and tell you what's off. He'll tell you the truth from a lie. It's vital that we know the Holy Spirit. It's vital that we represent and know God the Father. It's vital we know God the Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's vital we know the third part of God. One God, he just expresses himself three ways. He's expressing himself on the earth through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit sounds like God the Father when he's speaking. Why? Because he says right here, emanating from the Father, and he will speak to you about me. He comes from the Father, so he sounds like the Father. Sometimes he sounds like the Son, because he says he's going to talk about me. And sometimes he sounds like the Holy Spirit, the helper, the encourager, because he's going to guide us into truths and show us things. But you have to recognize the voice. God wants us to know the voice. In John 16, verse 7, it says this, but there is, But here's the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I don't go away, the divine encourager, the helper, the paraclete is what it says in the Greek. It means helper, encourager, will not be released to you, but after I depart, I will send him to you. The reason a lot of people get discouraged in their Christian walk is because they don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the encourager. The reason a lot of people make a lot of bad decisions over and over again is because they don't know the Holy Spirit, the helper, who wants to help you. And when God calls him the helper, the encourager, the paraclete in the Greek, that means helper, encourager, guide, director, you know, all these things, uh, because he's, he's revealing the nature of the Holy Spirit. The nature of Jesus is the servant. We just read that scripture. The nature of Jesus is to serve and save. That's the nature of God the Son. God the Father is to create, to create and rule. Okay, the Holy Spirit's nature is to help, encourage, teach, instruct, lead, guide, to help us out. And the reason the Bible exposes these words and uses these things is so that we will understand the nature and the way in which the Holy Spirit flows. And the reason a lot of people get discouraged is because they don't have a great relationship with the Holy Spirit. When you have a great relationship with the Holy Spirit, when you're discouraged, you'll get alone and you'll start talking to talking to God and the Holy Spirit because you know him well will start stirring you up and encourage you. He'll dry your tears. He'll help you. He'll minister to you. He'll guide and lead you. We're going to talk about all the things the Holy Spirit does. He says this. Uh, Jesus says this about him in, in uh In verse 12, he says, there is so much more I would like to say to you, but it's more than you can grasp at this moment. But when the truth-giving Spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak on his own, but only what he hears from the Father and will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. So the Holy Spirit, we talked about this before, He, he wants to reveal truth to you that you can handle in the moment. The reason that Jesus couldn't tell him everything, he said right here. He said, "You can't handle everything right now. But as you, as I go, and as the Holy Spirit comes, and now not just lives around you with you, but lives in you, He's going to begin to tell you the things you need to know in the moment." Guys, we're like we're like in a spy movie. In a spy movie, there's information that is what need to know. Well, we, with the kingdom of God, God only gives us information. We need to know. Amen. But there's information that we need to know. But if you don't have this relationship with the Holy Spirit, you won't get the information you need to know. And if you don't know what you need to know, you're going to make a lot of mistakes and a lot of poor decisions. And and you're going to miss out on the goodness of God in your life on God's help in trouble his directions he said man i never give you more than you can handle i'll always make a way of escape for you but a lot of times we don't know the escape plan because we don't know the holy spirit so we're not getting the directions that we need and in the information we need and then again he promises again that not only will he tell you what you need to know he'll tell you what is coming he'll tell you what is coming God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He spoke in the Old Testament, He speaks now. He spoke in the Old Testament as God the Father, God the Creator. He spoke in the New Testament as God the Son. And now, once the church is birthed, He speaks as God the Holy Spirit. But He always speaks. He wants to instruct, He wants to give us information, He wants to tell us what to do and how to handle situations. He wants to lead us through the valley to get us to the mountaintop. He wants to teach us all kinds of things, and then he wants to reveal gifts inside of us that he has supernaturally given, but a lot of people don't even know they have because they don't know the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit that gives all the gifts. There's three types of gifts. There's motivational gifts, there's ministry gifts, and there's manifestational gifts don't even know they have these gifts or that God wants to use them These gifts because they don't know the Holy Spirit. You have to know the Holy Spirit because it's the Spirit that releases all these gifts. And we'll talk about all the gifts here in just a moment. He said, I want to I tell you all these things. Now, go with me to Acts chapter 1. We know the church is birthed. The New Testament church is birthed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what does he say in Acts 1, verse 8? He says this. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. Will come upon you and, will be, and you will be seized with power. And you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on the earth. He said, "So when I send the Holy Spirit, you're gonna. It's gonna. The power of God is gonna come upon you, and the power of God is gonna birth the church. And the church is supposed to be reliant upon the power of the Holy Spirit from that point forward. Not just in the first church, but every church until Jesus comes back. We're supposed to be relying on this. And then what happens next? Well, what happens next is is that." In Acts chapter two, it says, "On the day of Pentecost, uh, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the the roar of the wind was so overpowering it was all anyone could hear." Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. Then they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in. Empowered by the, to speak in languages they had never heard or learned. So the church with birth, we sing that one song that the Holy Spirit lit the flame. Lit the flame. And now the power of God comes through the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God talks about two baptisms all the time. He talks to me, he says, John baptized with water, but I'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He said, you'll be baptized in water and you'll be baptized in fire. You should experience two baptisms in life. You should experience water baptism which is a public statement that you are born again and that you're dead to yourself going into the water and you're living for Christ coming out of the water. A decision you've already made in your heart is now made public by water baptism and men baptize you. But the next baptism that needs to take place in your life is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's when Jesus baptized you with fire and gives you the power of the Holy Spirit. And you have the same reaction that they did in Acts. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You begin to speak in other tongues. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Paul said, Paul said I'm so glad I speak in tongues more than all of you. Otherwise, he's saying, I pray in the Spirit more than anybody prays in the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit all the time. I don't even know how to be a Christian without the friendship that I have, the helper I have inside of me called the Holy Spirit. I don't know how to even pray without the baptism of the Holy Spirit because when I run out of words or I don't know what to pray or I just need to hear from God, I just pray in tongues, and God begins to speak to me. He begins to encourage and begins to speak. It's amazing what God can do. I'm gonna give you an example of how the Holy Spirit guides and directs. He said, we had an insurance claim on our roof. We had, remember we had that major hail storm years ago? Well, when they came and looked at our roof, they said it was totaled. When they found out how much it was gonna to cost to replace, they said, oh no, we have a clause in your policy that says that that's cosmetic damage and we're not gonna pay you anything. I think they offered us 50000 It was hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not a million dollars, to fix the roof. They think they offered us 50,000. And so we ended up uh, uh, trying to settle that because they claim to be Christians. The Bible says, don't go to court like that. So we didn't run to an attorney. We tried to negotiate. We tried to talk to him about it. We told them what their adjuster said. Their adjuster said, it's total. Now they're saying it's cosmetic. We talked about the clause in the policy. We talked about everything. We had someone else come look at it and say, no, this thing's this thing's damaged. This is going to cause damage even down the road on this roof and cause, and we had multiple leaks as the result of that hell damage. We started leaking in multiple spots that we had never had a leak in. I mean, we knew it had damaged our roof. So we tried to be reasonable and negotiated with them. And they said, not only no, but heck no. Well, we had, they left us no. I said, you guys are leaving us no choice. We will have to attain an attorney. I don't want to do that. Let's work this out. They said, we don't want to work it out. They left me no choice. So we, we hired an attorney. Actually, God sent us a guy that says, "I know a guy you need to deal with. He's, this guy can handle it." And so we ended up with an attorney out of Houston. That attorney contacted them, and over a period of time we started negotiating, and they, started, they went up to 100,000, then 300,000, then 500,000, then 700,000. And our attorneys, uh, uh, when they got to about 700,000, he said, "Let's settle because they got 40 percent of that. So I began to pray, okay, God, what do we do here? And God told me, don't settle for anything less than $1.8 million. So So uh, as the attorney was negotiating, they ended up in a pre-trial hearing, and they came and said they realized they were going to lose. This insurance company was going to lose big. They came and said, how about $1 million? He called me and said, oh, Pastor Troy, we got them to a million. This is incredible. Let's take the deal. I said, oh, no. He said, why not? I said, I was in prayer. And he went, oh, you're not a Christian. He's an attorney. Oh, what, what? Because I'd, I'd hung out with him some. He knew. He knew I, had, I heard from God. And every time I heard from God and I told him what was going to happen, it happened. So he's like, oh, no. I said, God said, don't settle for anything less than 1.8 million. He goes, oh. He said, pastor, no one's going to, there's no way they're going to do that. And I said, well, God said, that's what we're going to do. So he went back to him and he called me back. Hey, I told him, I told him, I told him that you weren't going to settle for that. I didn't give him a number. They said 1.2 million. Let's do it right. Now we're not going to get any more than that. I said, I said, I can't remember his name now. Good God. I said, that hey, man, dude, listen, God told me 1.8. We, we, can't, we can't settle for anything less than that. And he said, He said, you really mean that? You believe God told you that? I said, absolutely, I believe God told me that. He said, so you hear God? I said, yeah. I said, the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and he represents God, so he only says what he hears God say, so God said 1.8 million, so that's what we're gonna do, and he said, okay. All right, he got off the phone, calls me back about 30, 40 minutes later, and says, hey, uh, man, I got him up to 1.5. He said, this is crazy. I never thought we'd get here. He said, let's just settle right now. I said, no, you don't understand. I'm going to do exactly what God told me to do. It's 1.8. And so he, he's, he's exact, at this point, he's irritated with me. He's, mad, he's like, he's trying to reason. He's let me reason with you. This is crazy. This is, there was, there, they started at 100,000. This is nuts. We got them to 1.5, dude. Do you not understand? This is an incredible deal. I said, I do understand that, but I do understand too that God told me not less than 1.8. So to make a long story short, he, he goes, he, I, I stood my ground. He goes back to him over several other negotiation times. Finally, he calls me back and goes, you're not gonna believe this. I said, oh yeah, I am. He started laughing. He goes, yeah, you are. He said, they didn't settle for 1.8. I said, how much more? He said, $2 And so, listen, the church, I didn't get that money. The church got that money. We were able to repair our roof and do a lot of other things with that money. Oh, my gosh. Half of the 180 building was paid for to renovate it. I mean, God just blessed us. I tried to settle for them for a lot less than that, but they wouldn't even do it. It cost them over a million dollars to not settle at a court. But because they didn't, God God made it come in our favor, and that attorney was rocked, rocked. I mean, rocked. And so, when you when you have a friendship with the Holy Spirit, He'll begin to speak to you and say, "Well, Pastor, show me in the Word. Go with me to Acts chapter sixteen. I can show you over and over in the Word, but I want to show you this. So Paul is trying to go preach someplace, and this is what he says. He says, the Holy Spirit, in verse 6, 16, 6, the Holy Spirit had forbidden Paul and his partners to preach the word in the southwestern provinces of Turkey. The Holy Spirit forbid him in his partners. He spoke to Paul into them and said, you're not going over there to preach. And Paul's like, I want to go preach over here. And he said, not go. See, some people get real confused. Sometimes people invite me to come preach, and I'll say, "I, I can't go there. They're like, man, it's preaching. It's good. It's, you get to talk about the word. You get to preach. You get to do this. And man, if the Holy Spirit doesn't tell me yes, I'm not going. I'm not going. The Holy Spirit forbade them. I'll never forget I was in I was in South Africa, and we were seeing tremendous crowds, thousands and thousands of people in the soccer stadium. There were there, people were healed from AIDS. We had massive moves of the Holy Spirit. God got salvations, restorations, healings. I mean, it was an incredible experience. And the whole time I'm down there, though, there's something off. And I'm like, God, what's off here? He said, Did I did I call you to Africa? And I said, I said, No, Lord, I I didn't even ask you about it. He goes, that's the problem. I said, but look what's happening. He goes, I'm gonna back up my word anywhere you go. He said, but what's off in you, what you sense is that you you aren't called to Africa. He said, there's other people I've called to Africa. You're called to Roswell, New Mexico, into Mexico. That's where I've called you. And he said, that's why you have this awkward feeling of that there's just something wrong. Even though there was tremendous things that happened, I just had this, like, uh, just like a check in my spirit. He said, That's my spirit speaking to you. That you're not supposed to be here. I've been I've been asked to go back multiple times. I've said no every time. I was asked to go preach in Egypt. I I asked God, I, I just I just started approaching him like, God, how about E? Oh, he said, What? I called you to Egypt. I said, okay. End of conversation. End of conversation. Listen, when you're friends with the Holy Spirit and you hear from the Holy Spirit, he will direct and guide your path. He'll direct you. He'll guide you. He'll speak to you. Go with me to one last verse. Go with me to Romans chapter eight. 22 times in Romans chapter eight, the Spirit's talked about. 22 times it uses the word Spirit. And most of that time is talking about the Holy Spirit. This is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible the more I study it and learn about it is the one it's like, wow, no wonder it's one of my favorites. In Romans chapter 8 verse 14, man some people freak out I talk about money like that. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about the leading of the Holy Spirit. Some people just get all crooked if you start. I, The Holy Spirit did that. I didn't do that. The Holy Spirit did that. Golly, don't get twisted over stuff. And so Romans 8 says in verse 14, the mature children of God God are those who are moved by the impulses of the... Another word for impulses is led. He said the true children of God are those that have led impulses by the impulses or led by the Holy Spirit. If you're a true child of God, then you're gonna desire what God says to desire and you're gonna desire to, to know Jesus Christ as Savior. You're gonna desire to know the one and only true God who expresses himself as a father, a son, and the Holy Spirit. You're gonna, you're gonna wanna know him and you're gonna wanna know every which way he expresses himself. You're gonna wanna know the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You're gonna wanna know the Holy Spirit who if you're a child of God, should be leading you. He has instructed me so many times on so many different issues. He's taught me how to shop for my wife. Yep, the Holy Spirit's my helper. Seriously, ask my wife. He's taught me how to shop for my wife. He's taught me, he's he's told me about my children and headed off problems in their lives. I mean, he's told me point blank, and Julie and I will get together and we'll just say, yeah, I have, there's something. I'll say, it's this. And she'll go, oh, yeah, that bears witness. And we'll go talk to our child before it ever happens. Guys, he will lead you. A true child of God is led by the Holy Spirit. And he says this, and you do not receive the spirit of religious duty. It's not a religious spirit. Man, when I get around people with a religious spirit, man, I, I, can, I can sense that religious spirit like that. Man, they, they're just religious, man. They have this, it's foul. It's foul. God, Jesus always rebuked that religious spirit. But man, I get around people that have a relationship with God. Man, you can, you can just, I can just sense it. They're led by the Holy Spirit. Mm. He goes on to say, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. That religious spirit always makes you feel like you're not good enough. Always. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Talking about the Holy Spirit, enfolding you into the family of God. It is the Holy Spirit that says that and, and says, and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within you, within us, our spirits join with, with and he, join him in saying the words of tender affection beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. It's the Holy Spirit that confirms I'm not an orphan. God's my father. So I'm never abandoned. I'm never alone. He whispers to me, hey, hey, don't doubt. I'm your father. I love you. I'm real. I'm here. He confirms my my citizenship in heaven, that I'm not only a citizen of heaven, but I'm, I'm related to the owner. So are you. It's one thing to go in and be a worker in a, in a restaurant or a business. It's another thing to go in and your daddy owns it. It's one thing to go into somebody's house that you're friends with. It's another thing to walk in your house. My kids would knock on your door. My kids don't knock on my door. They come right into their father's house. And they're boldly asking me for help. Why? Because they're not just members of my family. They are my family. God said the Holy Spirit not only says that you're a member, but you're family. You're a family member when you know the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk more about the Holy Spirit over the next several. Oh, I, I'm so excited about these next several Wednesdays. We're going to talk about all the motivational gifts, all the ministry gifts. We're going to talk about all the, uh, all the uh, manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to pray. There's a Wednesday night coming where all of you who want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm trying to whet your appetite and build your faith that you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You want to receive what God has for you that the Holy Spirit will live in you and you'll pray like you've never prayed and you'll hear like you've never heard. There's going to be a night we pray over that. It's going to be awesome. We've had multiple nights like that. We've seen hundreds baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hundreds pray in the Spirit and begin to hear from God like they've never heard before being led by the Holy Spirit like they've never been led before. Oh, it's going to be good. Listen, every eye closed here and online. If you're not right with God, man, this is the perfect night to get right with God. This is The Bible says this is the day of salvation. This is the day. This is the time. You're here, God's dealing with you. The Holy Spirit is talking to you and he's gonna say three things to you. He's not gonna condemn you, but he's gonna convict you of sin and say, listen, you, you, you're doing all kinds of things that aren't right in God's eyes. He's not gonna beat you down with that. He's just gonna, he's gonna confirm what you already know. Then he says, he's gonna talk to you about about righteousness that you can get right with God through Jesus and you can be forgiven of those sins and he'll help you and strengthen you to overcome and defeat those sins in your life and not only defeat them but replace those sins with good things that 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 bless your life and not hurt your life and those around you then he's going to tell you about judgment that there's the day coming that the, the big and the small, the great and the little, the uh, all of us are going to stand before God, those people who everybody knows their names and people who don't know their, no one knows their name. We're all going to stand before God and be judged. And we'll be found innocent if we've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. But we'll be found guilty if we haven't made that decision, that choice. That's it. It's not the amount of sin. It's not any of that. That's the only thing that's going to matter whether you enter heaven or not. Jesus wanna, wants to introduce you to the Holy Spirit who sets you free, it's causes your spirit to come alive. He wants to save you from yourself. So if you want to pray and get right with God and you never have, and you're you're online, just send us a message right now. Text us say, man, I'm going to pray and get right with God. Maybe for the first time or just the next time. Maybe you just need to come home. You need that prayer. We're all going to pray both those prayers together, one prayer. So send us a message online. But in here, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and say, I need to get right with God for the first time or the next time. I don't care which one it is. You just know you need to get right. You need to pray we're going to pray right where you're at. Right where you're at, we're going to pray. Online or here. So here we go. Online, send us a message. Here, one, two, three. Raise your hand and say, I need to get right with God. Thank you. Thank you. All over the room. Thank you. Let's pray right where you're you're, uh, seated. Right where you're at online. Let's all pray this together. Say, God, I believe you are God and God alone. And because you love us, you sent Jesus. To die for our sins. To do for us. To do for me. What I couldn't do. And you raised him from the dead. And he's alive. And I believe that. And because I do. In the name of Jesus. By his blood. I ask that you forgive me. Of all my sins. And I say to you Jesus. You are the Lord, Jesus Christ, of my life. And I receive the salvation, the rescue of the Holy Spirit, saving me, restoring me right now. And I pray now that you teach me and guide me into all truth. And I thank you that I'm saved, I'm restored. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. So be it. Come on, let's thank God for how good he is. Pastor Sean.